Welcome to this week's episode of Past Deadline, the Ithacan's weekly news podcast where we discuss the biggest stories of the week and how they came to be. I'm your host, Sophia Tulp, Managing Editor here at the Ithacan. Today we have a really interesting episode for you all. We had some breaking news yesterday, I would probably say the biggest announcement to come out since Shirley Criado was named president. And not only was the content itself packed with information, but we were in an all-day breaking news mode here in the office. For those of you who don't know, we publish our papers on Thursday mornings, so we're usually here rather late on Wednesday nights. So waking up on Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and following the story until 4.30 p.m. last night was chaotic, but I'd say pretty rewarding. Uh, Our news editor, Grace, is sitting here next to me nodding her head. Do you have anything you want to say about that, just in terms of yesterday as a whole? It was exhausting, but it was fun. Breaking news is always fun. So Yeah. So first off, let's talk a little bit about this announcement. Or better yet, I think more accurately described as a short novel. It was 2,000 words long, the email that we got, and covered an incredible amount of um, content in scope. Um, it's really the first time Collado has made concrete moves to solidify her vision for the college since she has arrived. In the announcement, she revealed the creation of a student affairs and campus life division, the appointment of a vice president to head that division, which is a major administrative role, and she added two new counselors at the Center for Counseling and Psychological Services, which we call CAPS, and a caseworker in student affairs, among other positions. Grace, am I missing anything here? Uh, Yeah, she's also adding an executive director of government and community relations position, and that person is basically going to serve as a liaison to President Collado, um, kind of educating her and filling her in on decisions that happen at the federal and state level, but also work within um, constituent groups at the college. So mainly, I see this as a move to strengthen student-centered issues on this campus and make it an emphasis of President Coyado's time here. Our news editor, like I mentioned, Grace Ellitson, is here, and we'll hear a little more from her later, but she sat down with President Coyado shortly after that announcement yesterday morning. And here's President Coyado describing the changes in her own words. We have not done what we need to do in terms of having a coordinated vision and a step forward around what ultimately are we trying to do at Ithaca College for our students. Mm -hmm. We clearly have a mission as an institution and um, that mission is very much about our students and what you learn throughout your lifespan here and then what you do beyond. Mm -hmm. But I wanted and you all wanted, the community wanted, a way for us to actually have a more focused approach around what that vision would be. So we can talk about this being a department and moving people, but that's not Mm -hmm. really what the goal is. The goal is to not only recreate a division, but really create a vision for student affairs at Ithaca College. Mm -hmm. And we are well positioned to do that there. So I want to bring it to you now, Grace. Walk me through your conversation with President Collado and what these changes mean for students in the campus community here at IC. What was your conversation like yesterday? So we started off the conversation talking about, you know, why she chose to take this route, um, immediately kind of making this decision to build a student affairs division. And for her, you know, she talked. she's talked about how, you know, she has talked to students and faculty and staff and heard that this um, this particular area of, of student affairs needed strengthening on campus. Um, 
and she also talked about the campus climate survey that came out last spring and that was a big indicator where within that campus climate survey I believe 30 percent around 30 percent of students had considered leaving the college and one of the top reasons was because they felt a lack of in, of inclusion at the college um, and so she felt that was a large part due to not having a student affairs division. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you mentioned that. When I talked to the vice president that she named yesterday, Rosanna Farrow, um, she mentioned a plan that she had for curbing that desire, like students wanting to leave. So we'll get to that in a minute. But um, let's talk a little bit about the history of student affairs at Ithaca College. It's a pretty rich history, so to speak. And um, the last time we actually had an independent student affairs division on its own was back in 2012. So we haven't really seen what President Collado is doing right now for six years. And when I say student affairs, that basically covers every aspect of the student experience on this campus. So um, things like res life, Title IX, public safety, OSEMA, you know, all of that is all considered student affairs. And that's separate in a way from academic affairs. But before now, student affairs was lumped in with academic affairs. And all of that was coordinated by one single person, the provost. So the, the full title was Provost and Vice President for Educational Affairs. And that was meant to combine student with academic. Currently, Linda Petrosino is serving in that role. In 2012, the college integrated what was then known as the Division of Student Affairs and Campus Life with the Division of Academic Affairs, like we said. And at the time, Former President Tom Roshan said this move was intended to foster a more collaborative environment within the college's administration. But after the fact, and in a 2015 open letter that we actually published on our site, faculty criticized this merger of the two divisions, saying that it reduced access to the administration by consolidating the divisions and all that they encompassed. Um, I mean, like I said, that is a lot for one person to oversee, so that was the basis of their argument. And some people actually pointed to this merger as one of the reasons we experienced the protests that we did in the fall of 2015. No more dialogue! We want action! No confidence! No more dialogue! We want action! No confidence! There wasn't an adequate handling of student issues on the campus, like public safety and RA relations. Um, so it led to a lot of student dissatisfaction, and that really bubbled over, creating this mass movement with a lot of other deep-rooted issues on this campus. So it wasn't all student affairs, but that's definitely was an underlying factor. Um, Grace, can you talk a little bit about those connections? As far as the protests that had ensued, students, especially students of color, um, who were on or who are going to a predominantly white institution were feeling definitely underserved by student affairs um, and that was a huge issue that really needed to be corrected. Yeah but now so we've got this new vice president um, like I said her name is Rosanna Farrow she's coming in and that will be her entire job making sure that students have uh, everything they need on this campus I got the opportunity to speak with her yesterday, um, and she really has an extensive background in these issues. So here's her talking a little bit about what she did at her previous role at Williams College. So I, um, when I arrived at Williams, one of the goals that um, was set forth was for me to help the institution um, transform the work around low-income and first-generation students. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I'm the most proud of is that I believe that's been accomplished. Um, I've been able to implement a four-year 
comprehensive uh, campus-wide program uh, to meet the needs of nearly 20% of our student population. Um, to be able to say that, you know, regardless of your background, um, you belong at a place like Williams, right? And mm -hmm. and I think that for me is by far one of the things I'm most proud of because, you know, the students were just amazing about being honest and vulnerable about the challenges of being in an elite place that often mm -hmm. didn't feel like they belonged in. And their relationship with the college has changed, right? It's no longer resentful. So, Grace, one thing I want to go back to um, is the fact that President Collado hired Pharaoh directly. In the college's recent history, all high-level positions have been chosen through an open search process. So that means candidates would come to campus and meet with the community so that the constituency groups could give their input on the preferred candidate. In an open letter submitted to the Ithacan in November 2015, more than 100 faculty members said, and this is a quote from that piece, We strongly oppose the recent decision by President Tom Roshan to create a chief diversity officer position at Ithaca College. Our objection is to the authoritarian, top-down process used to create the position. We insist that future plans be drafted and initiated in collaborative consultation. So that was an open letter that was in response to the decision by President Tom Roshan to create a chief diversity officer position without a search. So that was kind of the root of an argument that, that is a little bit similar to Shirley's approach. Obviously, um, there's a lot of nuance to both of those situations, but the underlying theme here was that the campus community was upset that there was a lack of transparency and a lack of collaborative decision-making when hiring top administrators. Also, there were some concerns with how we were even funding creating these positions when we couldn't add resources like new CAPS counselors. So that was an argument that was being made at that time in 2015. But Cuyado had a few concerns, right, about it being open, and, and she gave her justifications for closing it. In the recent history of the college, no one has appointed, no one has been appointed to a high-level position without an open search. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to ask you why you decided to make this decision, sure. not hold an open search, and then appoint um, someone yourself and are you concerned that people might criticize your decision in doing that? Sure, I think that's a great question. So a couple of things um, is to normalize a little bit of, about what I've done. So, mm -hmm. so one is um, I actually, and I did it in a, a very purposeful way, a very urgent way, very um, intentional and open way, that all of my conversations since I have started, from the very beginning I've said this is our focus. This is going to be one of the major things that I'm going to put my energy and, and knowledge and heart into. And so um, this meaning um, what we're thinking about in terms of education affairs in general at the college, both the faculty and staff experience and then also um, the student experience, but most importantly what it means to be student-centered and actually activate that, make that mm -hmm. happen. I know that there's a history here of an expectation, including my own presidential search, mm -hmm. um, of having an open final round and you know obviously going through a process, and that certainly there's great value in that. Mm -hmm. And my message um, also states that I will be conducting a number of searches. We have some key needs at the institution, um, but there's a balance that you have to strike when you actually find someone who has all of the attributes that you're looking for in a leader mm -hmm. and someone who will bring exactly at this time what the college needs and I happen to be following someone who's had an extraordinary career and has kind of the rare set of attributes and, and a combination of skill sets that we need 
that have come from exactly what this community has identified as critical mm -hmm. needs. And as a new president, it's also very normal um, to be able to bring in um, some talent that I feel really strongly about. And obviously my job is to make sure that those talents are aligned with what this community needs. I'm also introducing, I hope, um, Grace, what it means to be thoughtful and purposeful as a leader, but also decisive. And mm -hmm. so I, I am committing to, to being very open and direct about why I'm making the decisions that I'm making as your president. Um, but that doesn't mean that each and every time I actually don't have the opportunity to make a decision. Mm -hmm. um, so that was her reasoning behind it. Um, and she experienced a similar situation when she was coming here as president herself. Um, she, her presidential search had become closed because her and other candidates felt uncomfortable um, being, having it publicly known that they were searching for another job at a different institution. And also you kind of said, she wanted to be decisive, you know? A lot of the campus community is asking her to make decisions and to put plans in place, and we want it now. That's kind of the, the feeling, I think, on campus. So in a way, she is kind of just doing what is being asked of her. What do you think about that? Right, I think what's really important to keep in mind is that over the past two years, people, and through my conversations with staff, faculty, and students, have felt really down about the situation of the college, really hopeless about the college. Um, people had constantly told me, you know, now we need to be rebuilt, now we need to heal. And, you know, there wasn't any clear-cut path on how that was going to happen, um, but she's making it happen. She's doing it right now. She's doing what people are asking her to do. Um, and although her decision was controversial to, you know, make the decision without having any formal input through a committee, um, she's making moves. She is like doing, she's responding. She's responding in a, in, a, in a quick way. And it seemed that a lot of the campus community members too were okay with the decision. You know, they, they reconciled that. Like here's uh, the president of the faculty council, Tom Swenson. People felt like that she was uh, acting decisively to help move forward uh, student affairs, right? It's been a major concern um, uh, about uh, the structure, the governance structure of student affairs and students felt and I think other people felt that too many things were uh, piled on to uh, vice president of educational affairs. So she saw that and she acted decisively. I would have to argue that President Collado is rather qualified in the realm of student affairs to find a good candidate. Um, she has a background that is steeped in student affairs. In her position at Rutgers University in Newark, she oversaw academic and student affairs. And before Rutgers, she also served as the vice president for student affairs and dean of Middlebury College in Vermont. And finally, I think the last big part of this announcement really follows through on a story we've been following here at the Ithacan for almost three years, so since 2014. It's the issue of funding for CAPS, so Counseling and Psychological Services here at Ithaca College, and they provide mental health resources, counseling, um, things in that realm for students. So back in 2014, students and faculty asked for the funding to add another CAPS counselor. And that request was denied by Tom Roshan, mainly on the basis that there just wasn't funding for it, among other things. It launched huge campaigns by students under the phrase, get caps ready. And basically, they were arguing that wait times were way too long and that people, people's mental health was suffering because they couldn't get access to the resources they need on campus. So that was the um, basis of that campaign. And it was really the first big push of student activism before we saw 
the more, you know, racially based protests in the fall of 2015. Um, and it's still been going back and forth since then. And I know we've covered it since you've been here as well. So what have you kind of seen with this cap story from your mm -hmm. knowledge? So it's definitely interesting. Um, under the Roshan administration, as you had mentioned before, he his um, rationale for not hiring more counselors is basically because it wasn't there wasn't money within the budget for it. Um, and it's important to note that a staple of his administration was that Tom Roshan did a good job saving money for the college. He made tuition um, very low for students, or not? It's not low, but he's kept it from growing uh, an, an, a vast amount. Adding financial aid, things like that, right. was all a big part right. of it. And so Coyado is definitely taking a different approach. A main role for her as president at the college is keeping the budget sustainable. And so that's definitely a key priority for her. But at the same time, she told me that she's not going to put numbers first when it comes to keeping students at the college. Because she called this move, the student division um, creation and um, the CAPS adding counts counselors as an investment. And that's truly what it is. Because when you think about how many students leave the college because they don't have adequate um, mental health resources, it's a, it's a good amount. Um, I know personally a handful of students who have left the college because they did not have the mental health resources they needed. The retention committee that's currently working um, has talked about this at faculty council a lot, about how our retention right now is at about 85%, which is you know, not bad, but it's not great. It should be up towards 90%, which they've been trying to do. An initiative that they've been working on is getting CAPS counselors. So Coyado really is listening to them. She's looking at this as an investment, and that's, you know, how she's treating this and, and moving forward in her administration. So we're talking budget. Um, did you ask her about that? You know, if it was a concern in the past that we didn't have money for counselors and adding new administrative positions, where is that coming from now? So that's a question she wouldn't really answer for me. Um, she said that she wouldn't comment on, you know, how they're moving money around to fund this endeavor. Um, but she did say that they are in the process of moving things around within her leadership team. So I'm assuming that they'll be moving other positions, maybe cutting others, maybe um, combining others in order to save money, in order to create the student division, because she added five new key positions. That's a that's a lot just in income to pay these people to mm -hmm. do their job. Mm -hmm. um, she wouldn't disclose to me what that was, but um, she's definitely not done moving things around, is what I heard from her in our conversation. Yeah, and I think that's a good segue into kind of um, wrapping up here today. So we just covered a lot of ground, and I think it's a crucial moment right now. President Cuyado is setting the stage for what these next years are going to look like. So Grace, any final words on the topic? So yeah, while there were definitely some controversial aspects to her decision, um, she's definitely listening to what faculty and staff and students want at the college. So I think this decision is going to define her presidency moving forward. Right, and I think this announcement yesterday really kind of was the first big part of this presidency, and I know we here at the Ithacan are excited to just continue this coverage and be there to tell you guys what it's all about. Well, thanks so much for being here, Grace, again, and thank you all so much for listening. This has been Past Deadline from the Ithacan.